From Deus, humanity-centered artificial intelligence, my name is Natalie Post, and this is the Human-Centered AI Podcast, where we talk with AI industry leaders about how they're bringing the technology into practice, elegantly, efficiently, and ethically. In this episode, I am very excited to be speaking to Suda Jante, who is joining us from Silicon Valley, where she teaches autonomous vehicles and artificial intelligence at Stanford. Also, she has written a number of books, the last one being AIX, Designing Artificial Intelligence. I have her book right here, and I highly recommend you to pick it up and give it a read. It is full of practical insights and case studies, and it is great. Now, in this episode, we'll be diving into exactly that, the topic of AIX and what design means in the context of artificial intelligence. Now, we're recording this episode in early June 2020. And for context, we wanted to start by addressing everything that is currently going on in the world and all the very much needed conversations that we're having around race and racism, inequality, white privilege, and the Black Lives Matter movement. And also the role that technology plays in this global environment. We believe that anyone with a voice should use that voice and speak up. So, Suda, Thank you for joining me here today. And I wanted to start by asking you, also relating this to the topic of the podcast, AI, humanity-centered artificial intelligence, do you think that data and AI can play a positive role or could they be used to do more to support the Black Lives Matter movement? Thank you for having me. It's been a, it's a, it's a pleasure to be here. And I'm so glad you started with that topic because uh, I think all of us have to do our, our part and we are all soul searching and saying, what are we doing to help our black colleagues who are being marginalized? How are we contributing? Or even our silence is, is not acceptable. So um, one thing about AI, like every other technology is it can be used for good and bad. So the way it is used so the whole concept of ai is you feed a whole bunch of data and the computer makes patterns and helps make uh, uh, some recommendation right so it could be a self-driving car so there is a lot of data that is out there in terms of education um, crime level uh, opportunities uh, housing prices every data is available out there so i have seen some research before all this uh, Black Lives Matter protest happened, where uh, some researcher took data where there are trees in a neighborhood in US. They said they took where there are trees, and all our trees, in fact, are numbered and with our code, and we track them at the city level here. So they took that data and they found out that the neighborhoods which had more city, more uh, trees, versus the neighborhood which had less trees. And they, it turned out the cities that had the the part of the city that had more uh, uh, more trees uh, was developed better, and that was uh, predominantly white neighborhood. Mm. And the 
the neighborhood which happened to have less trees, which looks like it's completely not causal from a stats perspective, but turned out that was more black neighborhood and they were poorer neighborhood. And so it goes back to the history in US where the neighborhoods were segregated. There was this concept called redlining and they were developed like that. So there was a, there is today when I have colleagues who are brilliant people uh, and we forget our race and everything where we come from and we have a lot of immigrants right around us. So we forget that when we go into tech and we start working. But the person who comes from a, a black neighborhood who goes to a black school uh, whose, whose house pricing is less, has less opportunity, has to fight harder to get to the same level in, in college yeah. and to the same level to get the jobs. So by exposing this kind of data uh, in, in, in research is one thing that AI can help to see. Now we want to fix the fundamental systemic inequality and where all is it happening. So one is just showing the neighborhood, the school system, what needs funding, what needs better support. So that is, um, and that's not just the trees, but you can take all the city data uh, and you can figure out from there, right? So that is one that is beginning to happen at a research level. It needs to ha- be adopted at the at the city level, government level to make it happen. Yeah. So that is one. Uh, other than that, uh, today when there is this whole uh, protest with Black Lives Matters, uh, there are again so much data out there which can actually show uh, even the number of arrests that's happening. You know whether obviously it's you know disproportionately more uh, uh, African Americans are uh, uh, are the ones who are impacted. So all that data is going to be available and data can give us the tools to do something positive with it and we are ready for that change so that's a good thing right ai is going to help us the other side where ai is not yet helping us is in uh when one thing is the facial recognition technology is being used for surveillance and not just in us but i heard in london streets they have mm. all the traffic lights that are using in in australia they have traffic lights which are looking into people's car uh, to see whether they are texting and driving and automatically sending a ticket so all of these surveillance technologies which is powered by ai is always uh, put out there with a positive use but they all can be misused so we need laws in place to to curtail them. So we had this thing literally yesterday or day before in California about this uh, facial recognition technology that was coming up for uh, approval by uh, it at a, at a city level in California. And because we are very um, aware of Black Lives Matters and, the, and what's happening out there, people basically called and said, you cannot even let these uh, surveillance tools out there without any check and balance. So that's kind of being stopped. And then uh, we have security cameras outside most of our houses. And there is one from Amazon called Ring. Mm-hmm. And again, that could be used. And that Ring has a relationship with, with the police. And they want to monitor our neighborhoods. And earlier it was presented saying, hey, we'll keep your neighborhood crime free. So today, again, they could misuse that. Mm-hmm. So there is awareness to that. And people are making noise about stopping such surveillance or misuse of the technology. So that's, again, you know, it could be done in a bad way, but it, because of the awareness, we are going to stop AI from being evil. And the third and most important piece is all AI is powered by data, which means whoever is developing the AI says, here's a stream of videos or pictures or statistics, numbers, right, that we are feeding to train the AI. 
and all that AI is biased because we are seeing this whole Black Lives Matters movement is needed because there is systemic bias, unconscious bias in society. So that is propagated in our AI. So we, all of us who are watching, listening to this, uh, we have the responsibility to make sure that we bring in data that covers enough diversity. Yeah. Uh, not only black people, but all kinds of diversity. There's not many enough women in the data also. So women is going to be stopped uh, with a, a false positive compared to a male, right? So, uh, and there is this whole bias against uh, uh, LGBTQ people. Mm -hmm. So all of that, making sure the data is unbiased, has enough uh, uh, diverse data is very, very critical for AI to be functional, to reflect the society that we want it to be. And the only way you can do that is to, to give opportunity for enough black people to be doing this work and there are brilliant people it's just because of the systemic bias they may not go to a school or they may not be in the network from where they could get hired so i think each of us have to do our part to make sure that we look at our colleagues and look at how many people uh, around us and whether you know whether we have equal representation i was doing some soul searching and looking at my students i yeah. have taught in stanford i teach ai and autonomous vehicle business at stanford continuing studies and they're professional adults who come from work, take the extra time to go learn these new exponential technologies and, 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 and pivot their careers. And I'm doing some soul searching and I don't have 50% black people in, yeah. in, my, in my student population. And I am going to figure out how I'm going to rectify that. So I think each of us have to do our part and then AI will do its job and, <laughs> and do good for us. Yeah, no, I fully agree with what you said. Um, I think this is for all of us, or for many of us, a moment of thinking, how can we do more than what we're currently yeah. doing? And how can we educate ourselves better? And I think, well... So there, is, there is one site called Black Who Design. The whole site is called Black Who Design. Yeah. It's not .com and all that. Um, and it's full of people who are, uh, you know, uh, from the... Uh, African-American community or it's, I wouldn't say that because it's it's global so I would say it's just uh, yeah. uh, black people from everywhere who are founders, entrepreneurs, uh, UX designers, uh, everything. So I think if people uh, who want to actually go and uh, uh, hire people, uh, so it's called blackwho.design. Mm -hmm. Okay, and thank you. For curated list and uh, you can go and, and it's very inspiring for me because there are freelancers, there are graphic designers and and everything, um, writers, you know, the whole whole spectrum, but it's a, it's a tech lens, right? In tech industry, everybody from different jobs. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. And so, I mean, talking about designing and artificial intelligence, your book, AIX, obviously is hitting on a lot of those points already, but could you maybe a little bit about what AIX actually is and why we need it. And I think a lot of what you said emphasizes why we need it in a sense already, but I'm very curious to hear your uh, explanation. Okay. Um, so AIX is a word I coined for designing with artificial intelligence. So today we have AI everywhere in technology companies. It's not just the product that they're releasing that has AI. They're actually using AI a lot more internally. So many of the way design was done in the past, and I've had you know the privilege of uh, working with amazing designers over the years. 
um, the way design is done is you do use a research. There's a design process, right? You do use a research and then you actually say, this is the customer problem I want to solve. And this is the design experience I'm going to, I'm going to give them. So you either do design thinking or you do service design, yeah. you go through the flow and then you actually create the, the visual UX of it, the UI of it. Right. And the way it is done is, uh, using storyboard and, and mocks and, and then you iterate as a team to figure out that was the, the right thing. So now what has happened is everything is automated. There is a lot of data feeds and, and everything is dynamically presented as a screen. So the engineer is coding and pulls this data feed and creates an uh, experience. And that experience is not going to be perfect because it does it's not done with the design eye. And so uh, one example I can give is in the car because I operate in the yeah. AV space and I research that there is so much data in the car and there is so much opportunity of creating useful experiences with the car. We are still driving while we are driving before we get to autonomous vehicle. We are driving the car like a horse buggy. We are everybody, there are four people in the car and everybody is looking up. Two people at the back are looking at the back head of the, the two people in the front. Yeah. That's not good design. And it's not a good experience when, you know, imagine a family is going on a long trip and the kids are screaming, mm -hmm. are we there yet? And the and the person, one person is driving and the other person is supporting them and they're turning back, looking at two people at the back. And that is not a, it is not the ideal experience. So there is a lot of opportunity to fix that experience, but because the data feeds are coming in, which will help create maybe entertainment, which will help understand the context of what the people are. So designers coming back to AIX, AIX is about designing with AI. So design and AI talks, the only language AI understands is data. So for how do you design uh, augmented reality experience or voice experience, or it could be pure machine learning feeds and then you're creating a e-commerce recommendation experience. All of that is going to be uh, coming as data feed. And how do you create that experience is mm -hmm. what AIX is about. Yeah. And I can take voice as an example because from a consumer perspective, it's easy to understand that. So we have voice assistants, which are fun with that we, we just chat with or play games or check weather <laughs> or do something mundane, right? But uh, cars are increasingly bringing voice as an interface inside the vehicle. And with AI, it is not just um, voice is one interface you're going to talk. The car is just going to be driving. So when everything becomes autonomous, which is what it is tending towards. So the car, when it is talking to you, you think the car is the AI. So if you take Alexa, some people have taken Alexa and they brought it to the car. Amazon mm -hmm. also has that as the Alexa option in car in, uh, in a certain uh, one race car brand. But uh, uh, Mercedes has a native voice interface. You can say, hey, Mercedes, and then you can talk to the car and, and ask for stuff, you know. Uh, then you're interacting with the car. So as a designer, you have an interaction with the product, right? It's not a computer screen. There is no context. Um, what is the personality of that? So in designing for AI, the AIX for voice, going back to the design process, now needs to think about what is the user persona we are, we are designing for and what is the AI persona? Because is the AI going to be a responsible uh, 
mature adult? Is it going to, or is it going to be a quirky little thing? Uh, it's going to be funny. And that is now left to the designer. And my whole motivation to write this AIX is if you do not give, bring the designer and educate them, we cannot get this data out. We just cannot do it. We are stuck in the AV space because we don't have enough designers creating the in-car experience and the intra-car experience. Yeah. The second piece of AIX is the product manager. So the product manager is like the CEO of the customer. And they say, this is the customer problem we're going to solve. We're going to create the, the entire the design experience, not this, not just the UI of that, right? Um, again, product managers need to be involved to know how to do this with data. Yeah, no, exactly. And so how do you see AIX happening in practice? So I know you're talking to a lot of organizations, very different people. Do you see it being adopted or or not? So since I coined the word AIX, I think it's not called AIX everywhere. <laughs> not yet. <laughs> Using my book. Um, so I'm actually seeing one of the things I always do is I I'm a technology futurist. So I think of where there is a gap to innovate. And then I go and talk to people and in industry and say, is this real? Is this I'm kind of making things up? And uh, is there business value in it? Is there a problem? Why is this not done? Or if I tell them about this, are they excited to you know run with it? So uh, I have talked to a lot of companies. And the closest to uh, where the AIX is being used today is uh, in data feeds from search. Mm -hmm. and the search experience is actually computer powered, so it's an AIX experience. Um, a lot of commerce happens with AIX. And so one of the things I do, do have in my book is I have 10 different case studies of companies from around the globe. And I'm very, very particular since I come from Silicon Valley and it represents tech. I don't want it to be Silicon Valley talking because customers are everywhere. So I have 10 case studies from around the globe showcasing where AIX is used. And one of them is uh, this bunch of chat. Anytime you go to a website these days, you have a chatbot and those chatbots are AI. Um, there is uh, one company called UIB who is actually uh, partnering or it's there uh, supporting the uh, the big um, telecom company in Dubai to manage their customer experience, customer service. When people make a customer service call, instead of the call, they could do a chat. But it's not just a chatbot chatting and, and kind of leaving the customer hanging. They've done some kind of AI intelligence on the back end behind the chatbot, mm. which ties everything together. And, and they've done it in a very measurable way because the telecom company is very particular about keeping the customer happy and keeping them engaged and not just reducing their call volume. Yeah. So they've done that. So uh, in customer service, AI is there and AIX design is being used uh, big time. It might not be called AIX all the time. Um, in terms of machine learning, where it is invisible data feeds that is being used. I, the other day I heard about uh, a combination of these, right? Um, where it's not just one AI because it's not just about AI, it's about solving a problem, technology is a tool. So I heard about uh, a hospital which is using a, a voice interface for yeah. a kid for kids in ICU. When, when they leave the kids and they need to be called and the kid might not be able to call or communicate like an adult. And so they have a little uh, teddy bear which the kid can hold or talk to and based on listening to their voice and tone of voice, they're actually trying to use uh, AI uh, to figure out whether it is uh, 
it's distress or it's a happy chatter or whatever you know uh, and then they based on that it will it will trigger an interface to 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 call the care provider or to call the mom or you know something yeah. like that so it's it's basically if you skin it down as technology it is kind of voice interface uh with a ai expert voice uh, which is attached to machine learning which does the rest of the calling process the the, the uh, calling the adult piece but it's a, it it needs a very sensitive aix experience which is which exists in the hospital setting yeah. so i see where there are consumers like we have we were talking about facial recognition and surveillance software uh when you deploy them in airports yeah. you cannot get customer buy in you cannot like, make this move if it's not done with design with the with the right design thinking yeah yeah and and where do you think that AI can make such a positive impact in a good way in a way that is good for people that are affected by it or impacted by it in some way so the the beauty of AI or the scary part of AI is that it's pervasive it's everywhere so in every walk of life the easiest example we see is in our homes uh, you know it can it can you know cook for me i have this uh, is a uh, thing called rotimatic which is a, like a robot which makes my rotis uh, so, you know, that's all fun and we are early adopters who are playing with alexa or this i don't believe home is going to be the first front where we are going to see ai so i since i I'm biased a little bit because I research autonomous vehicle space. I see a lot of AI in connected cars, which are becoming autonomous. Um, so many of the car companies are are using AI big time to just reduce cyber security because they're connected now to to improve cyber security. Uh, they they are using something called healing AI, which is when the car is running, there's so much technology in the car. You know, any ordinary car, not the self driving. Yeah. technology in the car right your your power steering and your uh, uh, infotainment system or uh, and there's a lot of different technology providers uh, who make all the parts they call tier one providers which comes together so there is an underlying technology in there which is not, which doesn't look fancy because it doesn't have a ui that is talking to us yet but there could be some hacking that could happen because it's connected so the healing ai makes sure in real time that there's no unforeseen situations coming up and makes prediction yeah then the the self driving car is one that has been piloted around for many years with the covid situation everything came to a halt mm. and now they are all having a rebirth so just last week i saw four different companies who are taking an autonomous vehicle and they i'm sure the designers have landed because they are creating a good you <laughs> experience to this and they are deploying it for delivery so there is one uh, hospital here called uh, mayo clinic and what they have done is they have partnered with a self driving car company which is more like a uh, a van autonomous van mm-hmm. and uh, from a company called navia uh, and what they have done is they actually take the they have like drive through uh, Uh, stations for uh, getting covid uh, testing done okay. so they don't want human to transport that to the hospital to the lab where so this this is actually left in an autonomous vehicle and from and it brings it back all the way to the lab and then somebody picks it up so there is a human touch point when they they put yeah. it in boxes and there's a human touch point when they remove it and that's all right that the car does the delivery and brings it so that is one uh, way more uh, here just said they're going to do some kind of non-profit art supply delivery okay um, 
which is kind of dipping the toe in the delivery world. There's a whole bunch of delivery bots which are delivering food and stuff. Yeah. Uh, so that's the new thing. So that's the UX of that is happening. So the biggest area where uh, where AI is useful and and going to be more useful is healthcare. Yeah. All the COVID tests, when they say they're testing and they said it's positive, it's not negative. That's an AI. Yeah. The COVID test, the way it is done, is not done manually, right? It is done by uh, AI making a prediction. That's why you see, oh, this test is not good enough and it has false positive or false negatives. And then people are sent home and they get it and they come back again, unfortunately. And that is all AI. So with COVID testing is the big one it's being used today self-driving cars becoming autonomous vehicles in various industries is another one a lot in shopping and and uh, anywhere there is data we're we are beginning to see that companies are not making so much noise about the use of it yeah. it should be used in airport it should be in mall it should be used in all kinds of uh, places where it's crowded that we are staying away from those today unfortunately mm-hmm. and we're slowly using our way back but where there's human interaction, which we now know the value of, thanks to COVID, um, we need AI. Yeah, yeah, and also, I mean, what you're mentioning really hits on the point that there are so many areas where we will see AI that we're currently not seeing AI yet or starting to see, but that also creates a lot of new job opportunities, I think. And well, in your book, you wrote a great chapter on pivoting your career to AI. Can you tell a bit more about that and share that? Thank you. Thank you for asking that. Because in all my books, I have this one chapter on on jobs. Because especially coming from a technology industry and being there forever, I get very excited by the latest toy. So I have trained myself to calm down (laughs) and focus (laughs) on what I believe is going to take off. And technology comes up and down in waves. So something might look like hot today, but then it might crash and go away. And, you know, Gartner has this thing called hype curve. So I seem to be always like each year when you catch me, I seem to be on (laughs) the top of the hype curve. So I wrote my book about Internet of Things and started teaching that topic at Stanford Continuing Studies when IoT was at the top of the hype curve in 2015. Uh, And then I moved to autonomous vehicles and the self-driving car was the next one in the hype curve. And now I'm on the AI bandwagon and I'm kind of riding that wave before it happens, you know. So my, my one metric of whether I would bet on that being the next wave that I believe is not going to crash, but it's going to take off his jobs. So you could create all the technology you want. I have brilliant minds all around me and they will they will create technology. I come from an engineering background, so <laughs> I worked in that world of building technology first, right? Now I know it, technology has to solve a problem. And you're not going to go from here I make technology and here it's going to solve a problem. There is a huge spectrum of roles and people needed to go back to the designer is one, right? You need product manager, it's a very important role. Uh, In fact, uh, all these technologies which involve AI um, have some kind of sensors from where they're getting data. So you need an ecosystem of partners to come together to make a solution for a customer. And so there are various different jobs, even that somebody who's doing the market development of how this AI could be used in airports. Uh, or self-driving cars, or somebody who is basically saying, let's create create an ecosystem of partners, has to create a deal where they're sharing data with GDPR compliance and doing this right. 
creating the responsible interface as a responsible ethical AI. So all of those jobs for business development, market development, technology innovation, product management, UX, all of those jobs have to be trained, reskilled from people who already know to do this in another world uh, to come. And that is when that industry will take off. And I'm seeing that with autonomous vehicles now, and I'm seeing that with AI. And I'm actually seeing that coming together in, in some way. So that is my motivation to write the chapter. And when I talk about it as pivoting your career, I'm talking about people not waiting for the jobs to show up in a job break in a company site. I'm talking about my style is in all my books, I write about the technology. You can go read about this anywhere. And there's tons of webinars these days, when, especially when we are sitting in lockdown. The learning as an adult has to be done with unlearning. So you need to unlearn an old way of thinking to learn the new way of, of the new technology. And then I always help my students and my readers figure out where are the gaps where they could innovate. So I'm not going to say something very prescriptive for you to just say, okay, A, B, and C, and now you can go do this job. So what I, I do is to say, okay, if you come from retail industry and you're looking at the self-driving car, where do you think is the opportunity? And I get them thinking and give them pointers to lead them in that direction. Come from healthcare. So I had students, I had a student from healthcare who came and sat in my AV class. And she said, I don't know, I, I've always felt, you know, I learned something uh, uh, when I go to a different environment. I want to see how this will be useful. And now we have actually, you know, AVs in healthcare. And after this COVID situation, the COVID situation has accelerated the adoption. Yeah. But after it settles down, they have this deal with this AV company. And they're going to say, hey, does it make cost sense to deliver using the AV? How are we going to monetize it? That is what I teach. I want people to think about, understand the ecosystem, understand various different job roles, how to innovate, how to make this happen in industry. So in fact, if I if I can say about my online classes, if that's okay. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so other than teaching at Stanford, uh, I have a platform called driverlessworldschool.com where I have a series of classes. And it's not huge number of classes, but I'm very focused on uh, small class sizes and getting people to go through this journey to pivot their career. So I am bragging now, but I am very proud of my students. Mm -hmm. They are in every possible job, in every possible industry. And a lot of them are in in, uh, Bay, in, in Silicon Valley around me. But I have people in uh, LATAM, I have people in, uh, in Germany, uh, London, in Madrid. And uh, let me think, do I have somebody in Africa? I don't have anybody in Africa. That's one continent. The path to AI is my newest offering, which is basically a series of online courses where I, and I'm not, and when I say I, it's not just me. I have a team now of people who are brilliant, passionate about uh, AV in different forms. Uh, there are people from uh, the, uh, the car companies who are partnering with me to develop the content. So it's baked in reality of what uh, applies for uh, different uh, um different brands, how they're using that, because it might not be the same across brands. So um, I have this one class called AV Masterclass, where people can get the foundation of this whole AV space and expand their horizons to think about how autonomous vehicle will help them yeah. in their industry. And I challenge any industry, I can tell you how AV is going to uh, 
impact them by combining with AI. The, the second thing is uh, business of AV data, which is my, my flagship uh, uh, course, where we look at connected cars, how to create digital twins, and then how to create experiences is the, the final piece. So these are the two courses that I'm offering right now as Paths to AV. Then I have an AIX class, we just wrapped up one semester of AIX class, so I don't have it right away, but I will be offering one more very soon in uh, late summer. Okay. Uh, and there is AI in the car. So the whole four is a four path, right? So at least three of it people need to develop confidence. While they are doing it, I'm calling it Paths to AV, because I'm going to give them coaching and help them figure out a plan based on what background they come, what skills they come, what they need to unlearn, what are the, uh, the gaps. Then I bring speakers each week for the class to have a closed room uh, Q&A, understand what's the real deal in the industry. Like you were asking, oh, this is good, but who's really using it, mm -hmm. right? So, and you talk to the people who are using it, what is the challenge? Is, is it there where, you know, it works? Uh, for everybody or the way you're can you're thinking about it is that too futuristic is it real right mm -hmm. so to just temper that expectation so the learning the networking the coaching to have a one-on-one uh, -on -one plan and then at the end of it I'm uh, by end of the year uh, I would say by uh, somewhere mid-fall I should be able to get a capstone project for students uh, which will be their final course in the past series yeah. where they work with a real company with real data get real experience and so they can move and pivot their careers to the job so that's what i call as career pivot the same thing with ai so if somebody wants to do ai um, they can actually take uh, my course and still say okay now i learn the data in the car is is a I'm focusing on self-driving car uh, as the main connected car, self-driving car, but it ties back to other industries. That's an AI course. Yeah. So if they want to take that, they can pivot into the AI world. So that's the that's how I think I'm. And these are the people who are going to make the the future. That's yeah. what I'm, I'm aspiring for. Yeah. Thank you so much for for sharing that. I also think it's like a great call to like, I mean, call to action to pick up your book or attend a course so because yeah. definitely yeah. recommending the book. I really enjoyed reading it and some really interesting takeaways. And like you said, the case studies are, I mean, I think that is what is missing in some of the AI books out there where you really want to see it practical, like how do companies do this in practice and what are the challenges they're facing? So I really love that. Um, so are there any other things you would like to say before we wrap this up? Thank you. Uh, in closing, I would say, first of all, thank you for uh, having this conversation with me. Oh, thank you. Uh, I, I don't usually get to talk to a podcaster who's actually my reader too. So it was a, <laughs> a lesson surprise. Um, the one thing I would say to people who are uh, watching this is it doesn't matter what industry you are in. It doesn't matter if you don't know coding or Python or, you know, you're not deep in tech you have to get into this AI bandwagon and you don't have to take a pay cut and you don't have to say I'm new and I need to start. That is my biggest advice. You have to invest the time to unlearn and relearn. So we go through this exercise of skill development saying, okay, what do you bring to the table? It's not the job title that you're sitting with. There are going to be new job titles. So, but we are, we, if we are doing the same job for a while in a certain industry, we get wired to think that's what we can do. So if you come from retail, 
into autonomous vehicle or you come even from automotive but you're going to go help the telecom sector or anything right there's a lot, lot of industries are being impacted by this whole mobility so i have one recent article in automated buildings about how autonomous vehicles and automated buildings are on a collision path i've written about this while back inspired by the by ken sinclair who's the editor of this uh, magazine but in recent times think about this with covid we were all moving in cars or public transport we were mobile and we went from home to work now we are all forced to stay home which means instead of the car we are all confined to the building right so there is a collision but they i think buildings and cars are coming together so i'm giving that as an example that you would never know what industry collides or disrupt another industry so just don't limit yourself don't think you don't know tech don't think you know don't know coding it doesn't matter there is a role for you just get involved and then i have a bunch of free webinars and classes if people want to just try it out on and driverless world school to test that so people can ping and talk to me i love helping people and figure, helping them figure it out if my, you know even for my course i want only a small set of people who are the right fit with the right timing to make the career change within a year's time then they take take my class otherwise you can take any of my free courses and webinars i do one on wednesdays on on youtube so i'm happy to help people that was it for this episode of the human centered ai podcast if you like this episode or have any feedback do not hesitate and reach out to us at deus.ai thank you for tuning in and see you next time